All right, everybody. Uh, welcome back to the Codex West podcast. This is episode 6A. I am joined, as always, with, by my co-host, Johnny Paglino. What's up, what's up? And Mark Quivola. Yo, yo, yo. So we didn't actually, uh, I want to give a, a quick shout out to Mark. We didn't talk about it on the last show, but uh, since we uh, talked about it, uh, I think on episode three or four, Mark is now officially a bard attorney. So congratulations, Mark. Oh, thank you, dude. That's nice of you. That was sweet. I didn't even know. That was nice. Uh, I know. I, know. <laughs> I wanted but to But yeah, Mark, you. you can call me by my full name, which is Mark Quibla Esquire, if you'd, and if you'd humi- like. Yeah. Humility immediately out the window. Time. I prefer <laughs> yeah. that you guys refer to me in my full titles. When you talk to me on the podcast from now on. A pimp named Slickback Esquire. <laughs> a pimp named Esquire isn't bad either, I gotta say. But yeah. Thank you. Um, yeah, of course. Um, so Mark is also, he's got some kind of like post-festival flu sickness. Johnny's got whooping cough. My throat's scratchy. So it's going to be a this rough run a, yeah, today. This is a rough podcast to do right now. <laughs> this this is, is the legit like six sad boys podcast. So. <laughs> 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 he's very ill. He will likely die soon. What's funny is yeah. I was like looking forward to this. We're talking about some good stuff this week, and I was stoked. And I'm like totally not stoked right now. You know, I'm not into this. <laughs> I'm not, I don't want to do this, <laughs> and I don't want to be fucking doing this right now. But but I guess it's happening. I guess I guess yeah, it's you know, happening. I get, we got to do. What we got to. We, it's for the listeners. Mark. It is for all forty-seven of our listeners. <laughs> we, honestly, we do it for the kids. You know what I mean? Like we do it for the troops. Is what we, we out do here. It for. Yeah, we. <laughs> I, we do it for the kid troops, for like the little ones, Jacob, you know? wait, the very Mark. special forces. <laughs> yeah. we, when we, so we're gonna talk about Blade Runner, but before we saw the movie, they had the trailers for the movie, and I don't know if you saw this, Mark, but one of the trailers, like, is for this like, like incredible, incredibly sensationalistic, like, uh, military. PTSD. Oh movie my god! Wait, Thank you talking. for your. It's literally called "Thank You for Your Service." It's oh and it's set. No, it's set I to, didn't see that. It's a. It stars Whiplash the, Boy. The advertisement. The advertisement for the the movie. All it, I've seen. I've seen this trailer three times now in theaters. <laughs> And it starts with Shania, it's it starts with Shania Twain oh introducing god. the movie. She's like, "This movie's very important <coughs> to me, and I wrote this song for the trailer." So like, it's a trailer that Shania could've... Twain is Shania Twain Canadian. No, she's a country singer. <laughs> no, what's the old? <laughs> so actually, so actually, Celine yes. Celine Dion is Canadian. Celine Dion is Canadian. Sorry, I take it back. Fine. I, oh, I, I thought got, you I said my, I got my white lady singers mixed up, dude. Like, I thought you said comedian and not Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been same diff same diff same same so anyways uh tangents aside we are going to be talking about the new blade runner today um i'm not really sure how we want to approach this uh, johnny and i i don't know if mark did but johnny and i watched the original blade runner oh yeah I, got, the... I did like a couple of days before okay cool yeah we watched one of like the 17 cuts that exist of that movie we watched the <laughs> did we watch the final cut johnny we watched the final cut which is i guess recommended because yeah, at like least the... it doesn't have the yeah, you don't want the voiceovers, and clearly, like, uh, God, I forgot to like learn how to pronounce his last name, but Villanueva. Villanueva, right? Is it him? I actually <laughs> thought it might have been Villanueva. I, I don't misreading it. I'm sure I do that all the time. I'll misread somebody's name and pronounce it the way I misread it, like Preet Bahara. You know, his name is Preet Bharara, right? The H is. Oh my God. <laughs> like, Just saying. Just saying. It's. It's. I think it's. Villanueva. 
I don't. It's mm-hmm. V. Uh, whatever. Oh my god, <laughs> this is gonna be rough. We don't know how to. Pro- we read time. a lot. We don't listen to people a lot. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, go ahead with whatever you were. Gonna anyway, say. I'm just gonna say the director. Cause... It's Villanueva. <laughs> I mean, it's you can literally. I'm Villanueve. looking at his name right now. Oh, yeah. Villanueva. Okay, fine. That's yeah. Fine. Okay, Villanueva. That's what I'm gonna say. Anyway, uh, he clearly had the final cut in mind, too, because uh, there are no voiceovers as well in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I would say that's probably the definitive version to watch. The, so the, the, the you know he didn't make the original Blade Runner, right? Yes. That would have been Ridley Scott. So <laughs> Yeah, I didn't think that's what Johnny was saying right there, right? <laughs> no, I was Ridley, saying he had it in mind. Ridley, Ridley, Dennis Villanueva, Scott. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the original movie. <laughs> no, I was saying when he made it, he had... Uh, the like the final cut or the director's, yeah, the director's, director's yeah, 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 intention okay. in mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was sort of what he, yeah. <laughs> that's all I was saying. So on the, on, in terms of like, as a point of comparison, I think this movie was like almost a perfect spiritual successor to the original Blade Runner. It's ambitious. It's beautiful. Like the, it's visually stunning. Yeah. Um, it's got like this, like, I guess what, what the 2007 equivalent of like sci-fi noir would be like the same I, I don't know it's just like tonally perfect i don't really it's hard for me to to find the words to describe it i'm sure johnny can articulate it better than i can but i'm like i was pretty in love with it i i guess i would um well blade runner the original um to me was like all style and just like no substance in a way like it, mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. not I mean, not as not a not as an attack but like um yeah. usually when uh you or usually science fiction, you use like the possibility of technology to ask um, visionary or philosophical, hypothetical questions. You uh-huh. know, like the Matrix, for instance, is like, are we living in a simulation? How would that play out? And like how the movie plays out itself is like a really bizarre sort of like aestheticization over that philosophical question that's sort of what's like propelling you yeah blade um, runner is like high concept minimalism it's yeah the really concept yeah it's almost like the entire purpose of blade runner because like it doesn't like use that premise that like you know we can create replicants to like any sort of real philosophical philosophical end. yeah and it's actually funny it's, how little that matters to that movie yeah you know it does I mean? it's like, like it's just like, like a you could replace it's a detective that with movie a different, yeah I mean, you could replace that with any other kind of sci-fi concept and make almost the same movie in certain ways yeah you, know you I mean? like in term, the movie starts in, in a way that like makes you think it might be like a, a treatise on like potentially like how we need to be treating ai or like the future of ai rights and then it just doesn't pursue it at all it doesn't. which i'm yeah, totally like, fine totally fine no one is yeah 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 it's I, i'm a, glad it wasn't like super political because it could have been yeah but i think with like blade runner what's sort of interesting i guess is that i guess one sort of um counterpoint to that is the entire style of it is just so lifeless it's as if now that we've mastered the ability to create consciousness that for whatever reason we like completely lose all sense of humanity like yeah or like celeb like just like liveliness yeah like, it's su- it's such a dark dark it's souls. crowded people are very yeah. angry they're just, just like very very spiteful towards these replicants and it's funny that yeah. you said dark because i mean that movie is so hard to see i mean it's so seriously like the Ori- shots, like you're talking about like, the original blade runner yeah i'm talking about the original yeah. blade runner oh, yeah. is so dark like yeah 
actually literally dark. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. It's it's like yeah. a bunch of moving shapes and stuff like that. Yeah, and then so I understand in, what you're <laughs> out with them. Right. So um, I get. I, I I think what was great about the sequel is that it um, spent more time world building. I think right like. <laughs> Um, I was about to like t- say about I just love the um the idea that we get like a peek into uh the dream makers you know yeah with uh, that uh, the doctor yeah that who, was uh, that was um super cool sequence and there's something I feel like um that section itself was sort of like a uh, meta commentary on filmmaking in a way because. Um, and it kind of brings in like the purely filmic elements. Oh, that's of the a really movie. good point. Yeah, because like you know, it's like you have um, like like Roger Ebert said, like movies are like a collective dream machine, and um, we all sort of like we get crafted these movies that are sort of like mass produced, but we all take in like our individual experiences, and they like morph the experience of the movie. Um, the fact that they're given in this film, um, they're given to like replicants and like the replicant we watch, Ryan Gosling. I guess we should say spoilers. Like we're always going to yeah, spoil yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's about so hard to not talk about. Yeah, that. I mean it's um, that's revealed in the first like five minutes of the movie. So uh, yeah, I mean not it's, too it's, oh, right. Like yeah, yeah. yeah, totally. That's like the premise of the movie. Is yeah. Like Ryan Gosling is <laughs> oh, like, totally. Yeah. But I guess I was going to say like the uh, like a deeper spoiler where he's like wrestling with this memory that it becomes, you know, by certain plot machinations, it, be, it he starts to really believe that it's, it's like his own memory. His, yeah. yeah, it's not a made up one. Um, it's something that uh, he has like a claim to and then he realizes that he doesn't and it's like crazy. I mean, that was, um, a, that was and, the coolest moment of the movie for me is yeah. when he yeah. realizes that he's not the per- he's not like the child. The Messiah, um, yeah. Yeah, he's not the Messiah, yeah. he's not Jesus. And then, then it's great. Yeah, exactly. Really yeah, cool. there's... I don't know exactly, like, how to tie it in a nice bow, but I do see that being, like, something of um, maybe a commentary on just, like, actually trying to make a sequel to something that so many people... There's, like, a collective understanding of the original, but we all have our own uh, interpretations and desires about what we want to see when something gets rebooted. This happens with Star Wars conversations. Like, you wouldn't believe them. (laughs) Like, where people are just, like, constantly debating and arguing over how... things should be. Yeah, what is an actual Star Wars movie? And, like, you know, Force Awakens wasn't a Star Wars movie. No, it was You know, and, like, as a... If you're creating these kind of movies, you're going to have that... uh, (laughs) <laughs> that's gonna be the main starting point when you're what you want to do that's is like a really like, good yeah that's a really good point i mean and i it, think that that's real i i and i yeah i don't even think you're grasping at trust that makes a lot of sense to me the beautiful the thing about blade runner so too memory to be like a yeah. retroactive movie like it's you know supposed to be drawing on nostalgia and for the whole movie to be about memory would be like too coincidental you know for yeah, it to just it, like it, not actually be a consideration that makes a lot of sense and the nice thing um, about working within, like, the, I think the reason the Blade Runner was, is kind of able to, like, dodge those expectations is because the original is such, like, a... How do you, how do you like, work off of that? It's not, it's not like it gives you... It's not like Star Wars where it gives you this whole, like, plot framework that you have to work inside of. It's, like, yeah. a pretty bare-bones... Like Johnny said, it's all style. So as well, long as you're, like... All like fill in, it's also, like, all fill-in-the-blanks. Like, I always yep, saw that exactly. original Blade Runner movie as actually being 
like surprisingly subtle throughout the whole thing, right? For sure. You know, yeah. There's that whole conversation about whether Harrison Ford is a, a replicant. replicant or not. Yeah, right? which is confirmed in which is in confirmed this movie. later. Yeah. But yeah, but the whole thing is that like that conversation like even harrison ford was like i saw him as a human and ridley scott was like i didn't want there to be an answer and then the producer was like oh i was pretty sure he was a replicant like they actually there wasn't actual agreement on that it a was consensus just supposed yeah. To be, yeah it was really supposed to be open-ended like that and i always thought there was a whole lot of a whole lot of fill in the blank that you had to do when you watched blade runner you had to kind of like build the world <coughs> around you and it's very that, choose yeah, your own adventure yeah right exactly and i think that that kind of i think some of that appears in the newer blade runner right in the in uh in the newest movie the spirit of it certainly yeah. at least it, yeah but then i think that there's a little bit more of like there's a little bit more exposition there's like a little bit like you know but that's also because they're trying to build that world because i think that they're going to mm-hmm. try and make another one like i mean i don't know i felt that way for sure this movie underperformed but who knows what it'll do in like the box office at the box office really it's a failure like yeah what yeah Yeah. it's like they're gonna struggle to make money at the box office which is bad that's shocking they're gonna make money later the movie is gonna make money the problem is that like it's not gonna make nearly as much as they thought they were gonna make so people are gonna be like kind of pissed off about it their investments kind of a tragedy um, actually yeah i know it's really surprising yeah. particularly because <coughs> when i mean what the, one of the things that i read was kind of critiquing the way that they approached the marketing because um they were so frightened of spoilers right yeah and kind of letting too much out or, or ruining the story uh, or making people not want to see it i thought the trailers actually, were incredible see the thing is but there's a lot of like regular moviegoers that were like i don't even know what the fuck this is about right uh, like uh, you know no. and and so people like got turned off right because one of the things the thing that made me so excited to see the movie was not the trailer it was when they released like 10 stills from other scenes that aren't in the trailer Right, and they showed mm-hmm. like you know the big the big holographic woman who I think is in the trailer, but a couple of other yeah. things like you know the big statues in the desert, and, yeah. and so those stills were the thing that got me so excited. But that's like a very nerdy film person thing to do to go look at stills and get stoked about it because of that. But the thing is that yeah, the movie generally underperformed. It only made like thirty five or thirty seven million dollars wow. in the weekend, yeah. which is bad. Right. I mean, what was the budget? That was that had to be at least a hundred million dollar movie. I, I, I don't know. Actually, you can do things for really cheap right now. I'm, I'm gonna look sure it up exactly. really quick. Yeah, do it. Yeah. Um, I'll I'll just take it another direction because we were Go talking ahead, about yeah. all style. Mm-hmm. Um, I see there being two kind of interesting wars in this movie that are um, related. Um, one is <clears throat> kind of like a style wars between um the uh the wealthy and the 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 peasants really (laughs) like um it's it's a soulless life like the movie opens up and it's just ryan gosling and his little like hovercraft just like over miles and miles of yeah yeah, all these warehouses Mm -hmm. and then um when he gets when this investigation takes him to the place where all of the um it's like tyrell industries where all the replicants are made it's like this immaculate aesthetic style yeah um it's completely not soulless in the same way it's like yes there's a lot of like endlessness in it mm-hmm. um but it's it's it has a formality to it yeah, very, and yeah, like very the material yeah yeah meticulous. and it's just like you would think that the place where they make <laughs> these like replicants would 
not be this way and it's like hyper stylized um what's funny is that jared leto's character surrounded by style but he's blind (laughs) yeah that is true right i always Uh, i actually did notice that in particular that there was um he was so like visually oriented but you know even despite having his little like swarm of of robots you kind of like think where this guy got an aesthetic mind even though he's blind right Um, right yeah and so you see Um, i I think there's something to be said about like um, how um, aesthetics can be materialized or commodified in a way, and they can be stolen from the people who need it most. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's hard to know exactly why that's a theme until you get to um, what I like to think of as like the <laughs> like the corporatist versus the governmental war that's also (laughs) happening where um you have like you know it's like i read this book called private empire which is like uh um it describes how exxon mobil is you know because it's like this global corporation and like 100 plus countries it really doesn't operate under one government system it's sort of like its own type of government yeah and it thinks in terms of centuries and like rising and falling governments themselves you know they have to like go to like you know places and build contracts with burgeoning governments you know because they're actually more concrete than the governments themselves and you see this in this movie like i mean that's um, very clear yeah totally yeah like the the uh the replicant love she just will like walk in just kill police officers in government buildings and there's just absolutely no repercussions because they're that big yeah um and so you get a sense of like the only way to really reach that level of um, magnitude is by I get you know I'm just trying to figure out why it's so important that once you have replicants you just like lose artistic expression in the way you see in this film where it's just so dreary um, and I think it ha- it's just it's some sort of statement that's tied to. Uh, how corporate how corporations gain major power well i think that there's also something to be said i think that you were also really close to something uh, a minute ago which is that you can talk about aesthetic and not just about like you can talk about this in like um uh power relationships and like uh uh uh, class structures like class analysis but i also there's also a layer of the fact that there's um the, the aesthetic comment about like the hijacking of aesthetic by like the ultra corporate and by not only that but the ultra corporate figure is blind right so right. i think that you were in fact onto something where there's um there's like a hijacking and that might even be a comment on like kind of the um think about like the original blade runner <coughs> and the fact that that's kind of that was originally a pretty underground film in many ways right like i mean it was big, I, I, it, like it, it made money but the thing is that it only gained its notoriety and it's like cult following so i think there's something to be said for that think there's a relationship to be made there i think there's something else that we're missing too the movie is like in large part based on like how sexual the movie is they're like movies effectively about like avert like a a a miraculous birth yeah at the end of the day it's about reproduction and like there's these super heavy Mm. like sexual overtones to the whole film so maybe like rather than being like a high hijacking of of aestheticism it has to do more with like the idea of well we've made these like uh these things basically we've made like sex robots 
is there really any need like to to impress anybody anymore is there i think that's like a common thing that's like a thing that's talked about pretty frequently like in you see that conversation popping up a lot in in like popular culture of you know like once uh once we've moved past the need for replicants are if, if replicants are, are slaves they're like the perfect working body mm-hmm. they're uh, uh, presumably like we, we see we see replicant prostitutes in the movie so we know that they're also in sexual servitude so maybe the idea there is like um if we're in a post like a post art post need society and there's no there's no need to produce art because like what are you making art for if you're if you're not trying to display any kind of like aptitude or if you're not creating art for like any greater purpose because everything's already sort of been solved yeah that's i mean that's where does that like leave a, us that's almost like i think you're circling on something yeah yeah definitely and i mean i think that when you combine that with sex you're talking about like what's that like theory about peacocks that like the fact that like all of human existence comes down to the fact that it's an elaborate mating display yeah exactly right? that and, that's and so the, that's exactly that's what like, i'm trying to say i think yeah. that that's i think that's interesting and then there's something to be said for like what's so threatening about replicants reproducing is that's like the one thing they can't do right, right? exactly um and it's one of the few things that like humans would have left in that situation and then i think that like that you know that related to the issue of aesthetic would be that you know um uh if if there's no reason for us to reproduce would we ever make anything pretty ever again you know right i mean like a very simple way of putting it and i and, think that, and yeah, i think you're on to something there i think that that's, that's like a much that, i think that's like a much better way of phrasing what i was trying to say that's much <laughs> more succinct <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Jacob's just complimenting yeah. me, bringing up my law degree. Yeah, I think Jacob you loves know? you. Yeah, he really does. It's great. I love you too, Jacob. You're nice. I love you too, buddy. <laughs> I want to say too. I don't. I think this would tie into this point. Is that like the movies also um, has so many displays of just unbelievable sentimentality. For sure. Like there's, you know, whenever the. Um, Whenever he has that one replicant come down um, and he starts stabbing it, uh, Jared Leto starts stabbing it or her. Yeah. And uh, Love just starts crying. Yeah. Just open oh, tears. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see the doctor, see a memory that it, we find out is actually hers and she's just like unbelievably crying. Um, Ryan Gosling like cries at some point. Too. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Harrison Ford cries. It's a super emotional movie. But it's also just completely sterile, too. It's not ever really pulling at your heartstrings. A lot of the prose is prosaic. It's completely impenetrable in terms of how humans actually talk. Yeah, um, I know. It's actually funny. Wait, this is real quick. It's really funny. I came it, out of the movie, and my first thought was I didn't think Ryan Gosling was very good. And then I had a moment where I went, oh, my God, wait, he was playing a robot. I forgot. Right? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you see what I mean? Like that, yeah, that's yeah. why like that, that feels like all that emotionality is so constrained. Is because like everybody's not real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, yeah. and I guess um, we, I guess the point that Jacob's making is like you know we can talk about aesthetics, but creation is a broader um, phenomenon. Yeah, maybe just art, and so I'm I'm seeing just a lot of like, you know, we could talk about the aesthetics being hijacked, but it's almost like ev- like the ability to create anything is being hijacked in lots of ways and that's really what the war of the movie's about because i really didn't figure out why it was so important that 
these replicants can reproduce. Like, it kind of seems beautiful in a way. I don't know why would, we should be fighting. <laughs> course, well, I mean, like... Be the uh, one yeah, like <laughs> but isn't that really... Just, yeah, exactly. I think the, <laughs> the point is, like, um, I, I think in a, something that, it, that occurred to me is... Um, on top of what we were what we were talking about, there's there's the, the possibility that if the ultimate goal of art is to sort of project human consciousness, when you create when you've created actual human consciousness, there's no there's no more need for art. You've in in Mark's words, you have already arted. So, <laughs> so art um, previous thing that you've already done. <laughs> so <laughs> so um, maybe maybe the ultimate point of the movie is is that once we've created art i mean like elon elon musk is terrified of artificial intelligence for for some reason that he won't say and I, <laughs> yeah, he's, he's also kind of dumb in some weird way <laughs> the guy's so smart and so successful i get it but also if you ever hear him talk about that it's actually like pretty unconvincing <laughs> like yeah it's yep, yep. Funny. <laughs> yeah i think um that's it's it makes me sad to think that there you know that could be a possibility where if you know you really do perfect a consciousness that can create better art or just anything any product better than humans that suddenly we wouldn't want to express ourselves anymore which kind of seems to be something that is thematically um happening in the movie i mean i think it's that's just true of life really like i don't know I, that's like a prof- that's, one it's super technophobic I think, which oh, uh, I don't. I mean, I, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a technological thing. I think that there's like certain points in people's lives where they reach like a, a degree of fulfillment, and they don't feel like they have to, you know, make art anymore. Or, I don't know. It's like yeah, uh, yeah I, I also think they, that, what you're yeah. what you're suggesting, uh, the reading that you're suggesting of this movie is that is not that though. It's like people just there's no need, and so everyone is sad. Like it's <laughs> like it's yeah, people yeah. own like the the reason why that. It, it doesn't work as like a like a neutral or happy reading is because like the enemy or the villain of this movie is like they're totally in control of like all creation yeah and they're profiting so it's it's not like you know i think i mean it would be a crazy reading which it would be kind of fun to think that like oh this is like a happy movie for people because <laughs> <laughs> because like prostitutes are out in the streets and like you can get any technology Blade you Runner want you can have like electric a- boogaloo <laughs> <laughs> Everybody goes down to the beach. Like, yeah. <laughs> thinking about Blade Runner is a happy movie. I love it. It would be great. Ryan Gosling gets married to Harrison Ford yeah. at the end. They're a gay couple. Like, that's great. That's a great movie. That's Crazy, uplifting. stupid Blade Runner. Dude, that's a, that's a yeah. movie for the kids, dude. Dumb Blade Runner. Uh, Stella got her Blade Runner back. <laughs> All right. I kind of like that. I kind of like that. But, um, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, I will say that uh, um, just in, in level of like plot, um, it's pretty good. Except there's just one, I think, pretty bad point in the movie. I was talking to Jacob about whenever um, love comes, they find Harrison Ford, Ryan Gosling, mm-hmm. and they um, they abduct Harrison Ford, and then Ryan Gosling is like shot. He's on the floor. Love decides that but he's just, she's just he's, not going to kill him. Yeah, she's not. She's once she's gonna kill his no. girlfriend. He's gonna set, kill his. Yeah. Gr- yeah, he's gonna kill his girlfriend and then not kill him as if he's just gonna be done. I or, have no idea what that was either. I had the exact same moment. I've really looked everywhere on the internet for a good reasoning, and the only one I can find that's like I don't even say it like rises to the level of like Convincing. persuasion. <laughs> yeah, but like um, when 
that one moment I was talking about when um, Jared Leto's stabbing the replicant, she's openly crying. And the only way that, I mean, you can make sense of that scene by, like, she just doesn't like to see replicants die. And she doesn't really kill any replicants in the movie. That's true, um, yeah. She doesn't like him, so, she does not really kill yeah. replicants. No, but she does go as far as to kill his girlfriend, who is, like, another level of artificial intelligence. So I don't I don't know if it's a great point, but it is the only thing I could find. I, th- I think that leads us down, like, a, that leads yeah. us down, like, a rabbit hole, too, of, like, is artificial intelligence without a body, like, somehow less relevant, like... Yeah, are there, are there like uh, body wars? Like, are there race yeah. wars between different like, <laughs> <laughs> AI? Oh, I mean, that's I actually think too, that is that a, that's another scene... point that the movie tries to make too: is that her like lack of a body makes her incomplete as a partner. It's true, yeah, and, um, that is... and that's something, something that's explored in her too. I was about to say that whole scene where uh, they lay her over um, the prostitute. Yeah, who's another actress I love. I just can't think of anyone's names right now, but. Um, that scene was cool graphically, but just like completely derivative of her. When oh like, yeah, it was uh, like yeah, I totally. mean, if we, if, that if we looked at that like shot for shot, I wonder how how much of like how deep of a comparison we could make. It's like it like I said like the visuals are completely different, but yeah. like the entire point of like let me super in, or like let me do no, some totally. form of superimposition yeah, like is and a, yeah. another movie yeah. I think that this reminds me of. Um, maybe maybe tonally and, and especially like visually in another movie that i really really loved is minority report that's so funny i that's i actually uh, had a similar yeah, idea yeah. that it reminds you well also minority report is also a philip k dick novel yep yep yeah that's true right? I, for, yeah. I didn't i didn't actually know blade runner was a philip k dick novel until i saw the post credits of this movie i was kind you know of it's funny amazon is making a show about oh uh, yeah Amazon's what's it, electric uh, uh, what drew, no, it says it's is, called Philip K. Dick's Electric Dreams, but the thing is that it's going to be uh, based right, yeah. on like, um, like his short stories and like short adaptations of particular. Oh, it's not novels. actually like no, it's another. Not, it's okay. not like a Blade Runner thing because Blade Runner is based on um, do androids dream of electric sheep? Oh, so, that was, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, Philip I, K. Dick's I, Philip sense. K. Dick's Electric Dreams is going to be different than that. It's what just, a like, weird. A but it's also I like guess a good, it's like fine, a lot of, but it's funny. There's like you would be shocked. There's like a bunch of Philip K. Dick work. So like, what's that movie? A Scanner Darkly. Yep. With that Keanu was a, yeah, that yeah. Was also him. Another and great then movie. There's a there's a fourth one that I can't remember. There's a it seems like all of his like novels are really prone to be being in, made into film. Like, well, all, I mean, I can't think like, of like a bad one. He's also like one of those. I think my of, wait. I think Minority Report was. All, oh yeah, yeah, you already mentioned that. It's also a Philip K. Dick. Yeah, it is. It is a Philip K. Dick novel. But the thing is that he's like he is like seminal stuff I read it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, and and it's also because he's he was a member of the whole counterculture, which is what makes his sci-fi so much more interesting, and why there are all these kind of underlayers is because he's influenced by the whole you know druggy sixties post beatnik culture, right? yeah, hippie culture. So, um, I, I mean, I think that, that I think that, uh, I'm look, how about this? I'm looking forward to the Amazon show because as Johnny put it, as Johnny put it while we were in Amsterdam, I'm such a genreist. I just love, yeah, totally. I love, I just love like thrillers and sci-fi and horror. Like I, I love things that kind of like fit into these paradigms like that. Um, and so I'm stoked for the Philip K. Dick uh, Amazon show. But while I was watching, while I was watching Blade Runner, I had the same idea. I was kind of like, I kept trying to think about 
how true it was to the actual tone of the original. And we and and actually Jacob started with this when you were like, "Oh, I thought that it really fit tonally. It was like a perfect like spiritual sibling." Yeah. But the thing is for me, honestly, I thought there was like a lot less noir to it. What made the first Blade Runner so wild to me is that's just a detective movie. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That's like true. in so that's many true, ways, yeah. it is like a purest detective movie. It just so happens that they're doing it with robots in the future. Right? I don't know if that mo- that kind of movie could have like uh, could have succeeded though. And I agree in, with you. In today's I, like yeah. movie landscape. And I agree with you. But, I don't know if that's like a good thing or a bad thing, but I'm pointing out that the movie, like uh, you know, 2049 oh, is totally, actually yeah. very different in the fact that um, it doesn't fit into it doesn't feel like the 1950s with flying cars, right? Like Blade Runner, right. the first yeah. Blade Runner really felt like. This was a movie set in 1950s Los Angeles, only it, all the cars were flying and you had crazy guns, right? Yeah, well, I think Villeneuve, yeah. he, Villeneuve, he's like, if you've seen like Prisoners, um, Sicario, yeah. um, Enemy, mm-hmm. Arrival, these are like all in their ways like noirish movies. He just has like a very particular oh, that's sensibility. Bad, that, that's actually not a bad comment, dude. Like, yeah, he's not. Is like also, if you're gonna like that connection, and like, yeah, it's like, like a mystery film in that same style. Yeah. If, and a lot of I think what makes something um, especially neo noir is uh, lighting choices, and yeah. that would be oh, all man, on yeah. the shoulders of Roger Deakins. So that wouldn't really be like a comment on the director so much as um, what. Roger Deakins was trying to do, oh, which so is I was just win, his, a comment win his about first the movie. Oscar. I was also making a comment about the movie and not the cinematography exactly. I was just talking about where that tone came. from. Well, yeah, but I think but a lot. Like, I think you that could, you're like, right. I think that you're totally like you're onto something. I think in terms of just like there's a lot of quietude, a lot of pacing, oh, and yeah, narrative a, beats that are completely that all those all those elements are totally in line with. Um, noir, like that's not like none oh, of it's like yeah. too I think that, like yeah. I uh, think that's I think that's true. Offensive, yeah. I think against that makes the sense. Like the big but, drags, because like in the middle of what, the movie, there are those big long moments. Like it just kind of drags for a moment. Yeah, but it's nice. It picks back up. It's not a bad thing, but it definitely does. And that's it's, similar. To it's brooding. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, and I think, but like with um, the original Blade Runner, why it was just so obviously noir is because you had a lot of. I'm, I'm thinking about the last fight in that movie where there's just lots of darkness and just blades, single blades of light mm-hmm. and um, just a lot of hushed tones and um, rain. Yeah. Rain. It's just a lot of like elements that um, are, that were just visually um, analogous to like, you know, um, older noir movies. Um, you don't like I don't think that's just what this was I don't think Roger Deakins had any interest in that because the visual ideas being explored were a lot less shadowy yeah they were more like um, formally aesthetic Mm -hmm. like I'm just thinking of like lots of like you had a lot of geometry versus just like irregularity in terms of like the class structures um and that's you can't really. It, it would be hard to do that. It would also be hard to do a lot of the visual elements, like, um, like the holographic, uh, set pieces. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I want to. Uh, I want to transition into talking about like the visual elements of the movie because it, it's spectacular in that regard. Yeah, I mean, that's right. A, that yeah, this is like almost all. Yeah, it's almost all on, 
uh, Deacons, I think. I think I really think this is like the fact he's been nominated so many times, and you could look at the slate of movies coming out and realize, oh my god, I finally could win. <laughs> There's yeah. a sense in which they, that's why this movie was scheduled at this time. That last um, that last scene that you were just talking about with the 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 fight in the rain. I'm just, I'm thinking now about like how unbelievably a how unbelievably difficult that scene probably was to shoot, but b how like perfect it was in terms of giving us an idea of. How far the car was drifting away from the shoreline. Like. Oh, you're talking about the in in the most. But that's in the, yeah, in the recent one. He was yeah. talking about he uh, was talking about the about, one in the was, original. With oh, oh, Harrison Ford yeah. Versus but but Ford also cool cool confusion. It like yeah, makes that there's a, like you know a there's, yeah. <laughs> there's a, a rainy fight yeah. scene and the yeah <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah that was um anytime you have like water like bodies of water mm-hmm. that are clearly the background is gonna be. Um, it's a pitch black body of water. They somehow managed to yeah. film an entire like three minute scene in a pitch black body of water. These things and you are, are hard. Never lost in it. It's yeah, of course. insane. No. Yeah. That kind of stuff's really. I I went to this uh, director screening with Ang Lee, and he talked about to make Life of Pi, which is like almost all done on, on the water. Ocean. Like, yeah. yeah, say what you want about the movie, but he had to create a village where like he made a school for kids to go to like the parents kids and stuff because this movie was so demanding in terms of visual elements that they had to bring so many people and construct so many um like set pieces yeah that just it was just like this enormous undertaking because of the water and i agree that scene was like because it was so heavily stylized it's like clearly it was not shot anywhere on planet earth like naturally right um that that was really impressive there's a lot of choreography that has to like you have to have like a really good like um like line reader to be able to pull off the continuity that's involved in that choreography um i think that was yeah i think you're right that was probably the most difficult action piece and it's funny because villeneuve he's like known now for like making these like action movies um or at least like movies that have some some sort of complicated action but it never it never feels like it's not an super action movie. it's one it's not an action movie right but like in terms of action it's not like you know you'll have like someone like christopher nolan who has like that slick shady look yeah. that villeneuve has but um he's like um he literally doesn't care about continuity he's like made no. public statements it's about just, it where yeah, yeah. if you like it, like for instance dunkirk like or there's this one really famous scene in the dark knight where you know the Joker is in like the um, the underground uh, roads in Chicago. Oh, and the shit just makes no sense. <laughs> it, yeah, just that the the uh, continuity of the action is just all over the place. But he's yeah. literally like, yeah, he's but he's literally like, I'm going completely for feel. I just don't actually care about continuity. Where, and like oh, that, like yeah. you, I mean, Dunkirk had those problems. But like I personally really love Dunkirk yeah, for you that reason a because like Dunkirk for it. Yeah, atmospherically, it like was a good choice. Um, but then you'll have like um, obviously you'll have someone like uh, oh god I think Paul Greengrass is name the guy who does like Born Identity those mm-hmm. movies um, where like they are like any action movie with Liam Neeson because he's old they actually can't get him to do real action so it like cuts a million times yeah, like you'll exactly. have like eighteen cuts in five seconds yeah. of like him jumping over a wall there's a really funny YouTube video you can <laughs> I've see seen of, like... the exact one yeah it's like yeah, yeah. it's like twenty cuts but, to get him over this wall yeah exactly yeah and then um. You, you can, like, go on the opposite side, which is, like, um, I don't know, like, I think there's, like, stretches in John Wick that are just, like, one track, really, and it's just, like, an action. Or, like, you know, any one of these famous directors who are known for their one takes mm-hmm. um, 
and in their action scenes where it has to be choreographed perfectly because there is um there has to be precision because they're doing it in a one take Villeneuve on the other hand just like exists in this realm where like his action sequences are not stylized so much that you're um taken aback by either how quick the cutting is or how no there, no, no much it, cutting there is it stay, it's, um, it's pretty balanced and it like stays on the action right and it's it's just mood mm-hmm. i get you know it's just funny yeah, they're like, like really moody fight scenes they're moody fi- like sicario is like if you i don't have you guys seen it oh, there's yeah, a scene no. yeah okay there's a scene um when they're trying to are they trying to enter mexico or leave mexico they're basically on a highway on an interstate oh shit oh it's they're very tense in no they're yeah they're trying to get into mexico yeah it doesn't matter because yeah it the thing is about that scene it's just there's so much tension um but like you're not really like blown away by the um it i guess what it's a compliment i'm trying to make which is that like you don't get like the like the authorial stamp on his action scenes it's just like you're actually sunk into the feeling sure and that's what people really respond to about this director is like the sinking in of the he is like he knows exactly when to cut off um his own like um proclivity like stylistic um Mm -hmm. moves so that you are never you're always sunk into you're super never like oh he did you're never like that was so fucking dope what he just did you're always just like that was dope yeah it's only and that's like that i'm like it's only in retrospect that i'm thinking about like the the technical requirements of that scene and like the performances from the actors and the choreography in the moment you feel like you're fighting for your life yeah totally and then there's like other action scenes like there's just other like um sometimes there's comedy like when uh she kills um uh robin wright and then like uses her face oh, for yeah. visual recognition yeah she just drops or, and then or, drops or that, her or that yeah thing when ryan gosling is right so harrison ford has tried to leave ryan gosling behind because he knows the people are coming <laughs> right. and he's going to the car and then ryan gosling just like bashes through the wall like yeah, yeah. <laughs> was, and you're like I, that's I laughed, that's I was, funny I was but it doesn't with me and two other people in the back who i were like was convinced were high schoolers trying to have sex because when i saw it at like noon <laughs> right and so the thing is that like i just started laughing at, the, at that point when ryan gosling oh, yeah. bashes through the wall yeah totally yeah, but it doesn't. It's not enough comedy to take you out. It's just yeah, enough yeah. to like. Yeah. It keeps Stick it moving you, along. Yeah. Like, I really didn't like um, when the movie was over. It felt like it was over. There was no false endings. I never felt like it was dragging. There was a lot of times where I was um, so and like enraptured by the um, the aesthetic elements that I just wasn't really paying attention to what was being said. That happened to me. I that happened like, to me a number of times where I got kind of caught up looking around yeah. instead of listening yeah know? it because it is like a like it's so visually stunning um and which is it's also kind of unbelievable how how like strikingly beautiful it is for a movie that's mostly gray uh, well, right it's also, well, but, but that's but, actually what's funny though it's like i thought that this was i mean this movie was way easier to see than the original blade runner i keep for sure back, yeah, totally. I keep it's well back. lit I read, a, I read a great article where um somebody was just it was somebody's take on indie wire about the original blade runner um cinematics and aesthetics and they basically go imagine that you were um that you were one of the major executives at that film studio and you got that cut of the movie and realized you couldn't see a fucking thing right and like imagine watching that first scene and being like what is happening 
right? And one of the starkest differences between the two movies, I thought, was that even in its like most gray or its most dark, this movie is always like number one. It's always like well lit. You can see what's happening. Yeah. But at the yeah. same time, there are always things that are kind of standing out up against the backdrop. So those neon signs are pretty much always there, like out a window or something like that. Or when. Um, if he's if you're in Jared Leto's you know little grotto that he has right the the water will reflect really bright lights right and so totally, I, th- yeah. I thought that it was like I think it's funny yeah. because I think that it's like what made the movie so cool was I thought that it was um, I thought that it wasn't gray it just kind of tricked you into thinking it was this gray world but there's a lot of color there like there a surprising a amount color. of color. You know what I mean? Um, even in like when he goes to like see Harrison Ford, it like yeah, all for red. sure. Oh, yeah. um, but when you said water, that actually just was interesting because the only times you see water in this movie are in uh, the like oh, <laughs> the, the heart of the Tyrell Industries yeah. and that fight scene. That's true. And it it's sort of like you know water is essential to life, but also what you know. But it's also always raining throughout well, the whole movie. Right, but that's that's actually yeah, that's true. Yeah, but like, I wonder how that relates. I was just pointing that out. I was remembering. It. Yeah, that's true yeah. too. I guess my point though is that like it's just interesting because like usually like what do robots take the most water mm-hmm. is like you know yeah. nor- and yet like mostly whenever you see bodies of water, I guess because you're right there it does rain a lot and um, that's also fascinating too because there's the one scene where um, his girlfriend I don't remember her name but uh, Joy when she find yeah, yeah Joy when Joy. Uh, gets the bot she can like feel the rain yeah um and you know like <laughs> theoretically it should like she should be scared of the rain because could blow up you know water could ruin her but uh the, whatever yeah, exactly. it is that <laughs> but um i don't know i think you know so there's they're playing like kind of like i don't know if that really comes out to any yeah, um, yeah i don't know if that results in anything but it's something it to does, i don't know if it results in you know there's just they're just clearly like you wouldn't like play with water that much unless you wanted to play with water that much. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, you know, what's the other thing you that I noticed? So they were like, they do. Huh? That they had. There's one yeah. moment that. Okay, so you know, the first Blade Runner is supposed to be happening in 2017, right? And it's 2017 right now, right? But no, yeah. it's a, it 2017 or, or 19. 2019. That's what it is, not 2017. But like, even then, it's like. It never rains in Los Angeles, and it's always raining in Los Angeles in these movies, oh, right? Yeah. And so that's one of the ways that it's telling you like how different of a world it is. Like the weather is so different, right? But oh, there was this one yeah. thing. I like that. There, there's this one thing that stood out to me that was just so funny. They're doing a pan over the skyline, and there's still an enormous Pan Am building. Pan Am hasn't existed in like thirty fucking years. <laughs> you know what I mean? like and, and I, I, I I chuckled because I saw that in when I watched the first one a few days before I saw the Pan Am building and I go oh that dates the movie so much right oh, I had that yeah. exact moment because I was like Pan Am has not been around for forever but then in this newest one they have the Pan Am building there and it's like a way of like letting you know this is like not yeah, this is, a, this completely is a completely alien world. False future. This is you're on a different timeline here. This is not yeah. your world, right? And so I think that that's actually a way of uh, of talking about it. Like it's always raining in Los Angeles, which makes no sense. And Pan Am is still a company. It's like these two kinds of things <laughs> to you letting you know, like this isn't real. You know what I mean? Like I know but that's you don't really drink. cool. <laughs> those are like uh, those are elements that I would not have considered. No? Yeah, I like it. 
Um, I want to, before we put a knot in this, I want to talk briefly about, um, like the performances because I think all across the board, I was pretty blown away by every single, I don't even, I'm not a huge fan of Jared Leto, but they like, when he's put in a role where he can just be like the melodramatic pretty boy that he is, (laughs) he, he, he really sells it. I guess he's (laughs) just playing Jared Leto when he's playing his character, you know Yeah, for sure. But like, yeah, yeah. it's funny because like he, uh. You know he's always method. Let's let's be real. I really like. I really like. Yeah, it's so. I'm so over it. But like he apparently did it. Like he was blinded himself for the whole filming of the movie. And I just thought, like in terms of a blind person, God God damn, dude. No, no. Whatever. But yeah, it's like also because like kind of cool. I get it. But like, come on, really? Like. (laughs) No, totally. And I was my point with that is that when I was watching him. I knew this while watching it, so maybe it influenced me. But I was like, "This is like the most unnatural blind performance I've ever seen." Like, <laughs> but also, he's, but he's not like that normal, like looking a little off from the person that's talking no, he's to like their looking ears. Looking down jerk. to the left, like, yeah, yeah. Like, where are you looking, bro? Well, like, that's not helping your ears, dude. Like, but but it works because like he also isn't a human being in any real way. Like the way he talks is like, well, <laughs> like I mean, the one. It's a little funny, but that one. He's using the one line that he says where it's like, you don't know what pain is. Yeah. I was actually, Johnny had texted me after seeing it. He texted me, do you know what pain is yet? And I, was <laughs> like, I almost texted back watching that Jared Leto performance. Right. But I mean, I didn't. Yeah. I, oh, I, I didn't that would have been funny. Yeah, dude. I know. I, I didn't get around. <laughs> wish to you would have said it. I wish yeah. I would have said it. I didn't get around. How do you not get around to making a meme? <laughs> Dude, I don't know, Dude. man. I've been memes are priority ones, but I, I, I think yeah. So I wanted to go home and sleep, <laughs> so um, I didn't get around to so sending yeah. my joke. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Jared Leto uh, was gave a really weird, pro- which is you know we can I I like to make fun of him too because he's sort of a bitch, but um, <laughs> I like I like I, I do think he gave a like an amazing performance in uh, Dallas Buyers Club, well, so uh, I was sort I of mean, like excited. You can't knock that. You yeah. know what I mean? That was actually really yeah, like, fantastic. He's actually like completely capable as an actor. And he's just totally. like I just so think he's ridiculous. Little, like, you know, like, full yeah. of ridiculous. He might be a get... little bit full of himself. He might need to yeah. adjust his ego to like just a little bit. You know? You know what it is? His music sucks. Oh my god. That's what it is. His, yeah, his music really... is so bad. 30 seconds like, to Mars how can you be an artist? All right, let's not talk Whatever. about Jared Leto anymore. Okay, yeah, but, I would uh, say um, I think Harrison even... Ford gave like the best performance I've ever seen from yeah, him. Like when he actually fair. saw his daughter, I was like, oh my, like because I just thought he was so bad in Force Awakens. Um, and that's, like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he really recent. was though, and that every other movie, he's... that was everybody. He was really bad. Yeah, he's just like real, like who do you think I am? My son, <laughs> like that kind of like bull. We're just like, dude, tone it down, bro. Like. <laughs> But um, I think yeah, he actually gave a really like a much like a much better performance in the original Blade Runner. I think uh, he's really leaning into his age in this movie. <laughs> he's also leaning in way... into his whole doing remakes of his movies so he can just show up. <laughs> yeah, in I'm the pretty last sure this third. this movie like, is just like, like a... his, his sweet spot is in the yeah. last third, the third act of a movie based on a movie he already made. That's his <laughs> yeah, sweet fucking Barry. spot. Where he also <laughs> had where he also has like a secret son <laughs> let's not not forget about that either dude just yeah, wait true. till indiana jones 6 <laughs> he wasn't in any wasn't he in the shia labeouf indiana jones the oh crystal God, skull was your joking. mother <laughs> <laughs> who, who am i my crystal skull oh 
my god. But um, I want to yeah, talk so, to you about the the smaller like the um the smaller roles that people had in the movie. I wouldn't like um love who I don't know the actress who played Love, but she killed it. I, I don't think I've ever seen her in a movie before, but I I, I think she was the best part. Yeah, I she thought, was amazing. I, yeah, I think yeah, she was really fantastic. I I thought I dug her a lot. Um, I think that yeah, she, there were really great moments of like she really seemed conflicted, even though she being so deliberate. Like she would make decisions. Yeah, do, do, yeah. you that can that tell translate? that she's like that she sense? feels she's compelled to do things by programming that she yeah. is like that it, it you can see how it like affects her. Internally. Yeah, it makes her uncomfortable. You can in see some the internal way, conflict, then, but she never like has any reservations about doing these things. No, so and it's not like a, I think that that's like a really delicate like that's a hard role to play. Like the whole like you know tortured like mm-hmm. dichotomy. I, I think that's it's easy to make that really melodramatic. You see it in a lot of movies where where you have that sort of like antagonist or protagonist that's like oh, I have a battle inside of myself. Well, this isn't an anime, so what I'm saying is it could have been top ten anime betrayals. They actually made like a wait, didn't they make an anime for like the or like a cartoon or something for the in between? Of course, speaking of, we gotta watch we gotta watch Neo Yokio, the the Ezra Koenig anime. Oh my, Jesus. Uh, I was yeah. I'm down to watch it, but also I'm down to kill myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. so, know, well, they're functionally yeah. the same. It's a, it's, so. it's a give and take. Yeah. It's a give and take. In life, you know? But uh, you, yeah, I think also give Mark was Ezra saying about your viewership, and he takes your life. You know? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I mean, I don't like Vampire Weekend that much, but. All right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah i think mark said that ryan gosling gave kind of a weird performance and i was i guess you could say he was a robot but there were times where it grew it's hard man he's just so f- he's just so like f- he's so funny to me i just think he which is funny because so i think to be cool and it's so funny because he's so cool to begin with that like every time i see ryan i don't know gosling if it's that it's just like he's cool, always I think like it's so funny it's just already well so cool. you know every, what it was <laughs> every movie that i see with ryan gosling i have an inside joke with my friend vanessa every time we see a ryan gosling movie i go oh man i love drive it <laughs> doesn't Wait, matter you, what you, movie you, it is i just, just pretend like it's drive <laughs> it's drive oh, yeah so but, like crazy yeah, he'll be in a movie drive. like he'll be in a movie like half nelson which is like insane yeah that movie's crazy. um yeah where you're like i really believe him or he'll be in a movie like drive which is you know he I, it's not really funny to me in that movie but then i guess i just saw him on <laughs> snl <laughs> it's not really uh, funny. It's a funny thing movie. to say. <laughs> yeah. no, it's weird. It's weird because Drive is like one of my favorite comedies, but he just went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> not a funny. Let's be real. Drive is hilarious, Dude, but he's not the funny part. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but um, but then he he'll be like, did you watch him on SNL at all? Like he couldn't get through a single sketch without laughing <laughs> to himself. Like, yeah. It's like the own. It's like his own fame is absurd to him. I think. And, and you kind of get that in this movie, I feel like, where he's just like, okay, I'm going to cry now, but y'all know this is hilarious that I'm doing <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. Right. You know that it's fucking crazy. I'm Ryan Gosling! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because there was that scene where, like, the girl's like, no, someone really did live this memory, and he's just sitting there, and then he's like, <laughs> he just yells, and it's like, yeah, it could be one of those moments where it's, like, just this outburst of anger you're not expecting that could be, like, really powerful. 
Like, or it's Ryan Gosling. It's mostly like, just like he wink. thinks it's funny. Like, do you think it's yeah, that? Yeah. Oh, you're being like, winked at, dude. All he, these performances, like, Ryan Gosling is totally hitting on you in that scene. Yeah, for sure. I get that. Okay, I totally. I was struggling to understand what you were saying until now, but yeah, he's Ryan Gosling is just always flirting with you. Is the he's always flirting with you? He's one of those actors. You're always like, yeah, I'll give you my number. You can call me, maybe. Oh, me? You mean me? But actually, yeah, so yeah, you know what's funny? I think but he's a bl- you know he's wonderful to watch. Like I think he's, he's a really happy. good actor, but he's just like I guess it is like sort of his fame it, and his like boyishness that sort of like kills your immersion at times. Yeah, I, it's yeah I think it is immersion killing for sure. But like I'm happy I'm happy because he's a cool bro. Yeah, I, I mean, you can't <laughs> like, not cool like bros. him. So. Yeah, I mean he just seems yeah. like a dude, and like dudes are cool. Yeah. I like dudes. Like wait wait I like dudes. <laughs> wait, I'm not gay. Uh, uh, wait, I'm not gay. Uh, all right, we're gonna cut it off here uh, well, before this becomes like our favorite okay, Ryan Gosling circle jerk moment. podcast. No, I'm good with that. Cool. Um, so that's gonna kill it for this episode. Um, this is gonna be released, God knows when. But uh, on our next episode, Probably. we are gonna yeah. talk about the uh, the Brookings paper that just came out, um, and they sort of did an investigation into um, some of the the misgivings of the Trump administration and potential avenues of, of like what he's done that's illegal and, and maybe even prosecutable or is there a better word for that Mark? Well, specifically it's that well, it's um, all about, it, it's, it's about his, uh, the potential obstruction of justice okay. charge that could be brought against him. So it's specifically looking at that, but it also just because what builds into that obstruction of justice um, charge is going to be so much dealing with the, uh, Russia investigation itself. It gives you some insights into that as well, but it's mainly about him firing James Comey because he wanted him to get off his ass. Okay, cool. All right, so <laughs> that's what we're going to be talking about uh, two days from whenever this is released. Um, thank you for listening. Again, if you would uh, like and subscribe whenever you get the chance on iTunes or Stitcher or even on SoundCloud, um, it would mean a lot to us. It gets us more, you know, more traction, more views, all that good stuff. So. Um, Tell your friends yeah. too. Tell your homies. You got yeah. friends, perhaps. Uh, okay, so, alright. Bye bye, y'all. Peace. Okay. Else you wanted to say before?